1: Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. On today's episode of the Girl Powerful Podcast, I spoke with Gigi Diaz. She is a life coach for women and the CEO of Seizing Happy. We work through her signature program called the 3R system, where you reevaluate, restructure, and reset your life for success with less stress. Now, who doesn't need that? So, tune in and enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Girl Powerful podcast. Today, we have Gigi Diaz, and she is a life coach for women and the CEO of Seizing Happy. Gigi, thanks so much for making time to talk to me. Thank
0: you for letting me share this space with you. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, we love, love, love talking to people, women especially, that are out there sharing the tools that they've developed, like in their own toolbox, and aren't so scared of competition that they're willing to share them with people, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that we're past that. I think that for so many years, uh, for so many lifetimes, women were brought up to believe that we had to compete against each other and that there was like a scarcity of success, right? So if there's not enough success, then only some of us can grab it, right? But the truth is that First of all, there is abundance for everybody, right? Like there is enough for all of us, right? And so you just have to believe that and approach the reality of what you're existing in with an abundant mindset and say, she can succeed and so can I. And if she can succeed, then more so, so can I, right? And not only that, but in realizing that women are powerful, we are magical creatures, right? Like we have so much ability and innate uh, talent that when we come together, we only just multiply in our greatness, right? And we do have to be very careful and very good at discerning who's here for our good Mm. and with good intentions and who doesn't have good intentions. But if we trust our gut and we are authentic to ourselves and for ourselves, then we can perceive the authenticity in others and know that if this person's here with good intentions, then we can just be together, work together, do great things together. And that doesn't take away from me. That makes me stronger. That makes me more powerful. collaboration over competition always.
1: Definitely. And I think that that does come with your own self-care and your own intuition. Do you have any like tangible ideas or feelings that you would feel when a person is maybe not there for the right reasons? Like what comes up in your body or your mind? Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about that. Like we all talk about our, you know, our gut feelings, but what does that feel like in the body? Yeah. So
0: our body is an intuitive machine, right? Like this thing is built to keep us alive, right? In many ways. And your intuition is a reflection of your body, right? And Mm -hmm. so, for example, it's scientifically proven that when you put your finger on a hot stove, you pull back your finger before you actually feel the heat. Because the the nerves at the edge of your fingers are already built to keep you from getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a split of a split of a second where you touch it and you pull right back and then you feel like oh man that burnt my finger right so we're built to be protected right and so we often we often try to overthink the process so if you just because of our nervous system being on overdrive so much from stress from trauma from overthinking Um, It's easy to be, you know, easily triggered. So one tangible technique that I have that is really, really good is if you put one hand on your chest, so skin to skin, right? And then you put your other hand on your tummy and you kind of just close your eyes and you breathe into that space. You immediately start to feel a calming sensation physically in your body, And when you start to feel that, you can lower your stress level, you can increase your mood, you can boost your mood, you can breathe in deeply, which is immediately going to reset your brain to think more clearly. And that's a good place in which you can ask yourself, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Or... Is this the best relationship for me to have? Or what do I really need in this moment? That is a really tangible way to connect deeply with your body, right? And hear clearly what your body is going to tell you in that moment. Another really good way to, um, this just takes a little bit longer, is when you do breathing exercises, right? So it's something as simple as when you sit down comfortably, you know whatever comfortable is to you. Some people like to sit cross-legged uh, on the floor. Some people like to sit up straight on a chair, whatever is comfortable for you. And you just kind of take a deep breath, take a couple of deep breaths, inhale deeply, exhale slowly. You close your eyes if it feels safe to do so, or you gaze at a non-specific spot and scan your body with every inhale and with every exhale scan to see, where do you feel tension? Where do you feel discomfort? And don't beat yourself up for it and don't focus too much on it. But when you find it, like right now, as I'm saying it, I have, I have tension on my, on my back on my left side, right? So after this interview, I will sit with my body and I will ask my body, what is causing that tension that I feel right now? Mm-hmm. And you connect with yourself and you'll immediately know because that's a way that you're asking now your subconscious mind and your body to connect and be partners and tell you what the heck is going on so that you can actively fix it, right? And you can ask yourself, what is it that I need right now? It could be something as simple as an app, It could be more fruit. It could be more vegetables. It could be happiness. It could be a little dance party. I have random dance parties in the middle Mm. of my day all the time because it boosts my mood and it de-stresses me. Just connect with yourself, you know, and give yourself permission to give yourself what you need, give yourself the good things that your body's asking for.
1: Yeah. I definitely like the tip to put your hand on your heart and on your belly, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are super connect, disconnected from their body. Like we don't touch ourselves enough. And I did, I followed your lead and I did, I did it. And I just feel more calm and like in the present moment, instead of like thinking like, Oh, well, yeah. we're running late and all the stuff that's going on. Besides- what am I going to ask Gigi next?
0: What's she going to yeah, say? Definitely. You
1: know, like what's going
0: on? Is there a noise outside? Like, no, mm-hmm. just
1: be here. Connect
0: with this right, right
1: now. Right. That's just a good here. tool to tap into your intuition and just that present moment. And that's when your intuition can show up for you.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So wait, so obviously you're a life coach. And if anyone wants like life coaches, like honestly are hard, I think, because like, where does that come from that someone could guide you outside of yourself to lead you in the right direction? And that kind of is going to help me go into me being super vulnerable and doing your three R system, because I feel like I'm like super alpha and I like to lead my own way. And like, you know, you're a trailblazer and all these outwardly things of like how you should not ask for help sometimes. So where can Like, can you tell me a little bit about your background and like how you became a life coach so there can just have a better foundation of
0: trust? Yes. Okay. So first, before I tell you my story on how or why I became a life coach, I'm going to share with you a few pointers and some things I heard you say that I think are really, really important. So the first is a coach, a, a, a real life coach does not guide you anywhere. Okay. Right. So the difference between a life coach and an advisor is an advisor is somebody who's going to take a look at what's going on and advise you on which direction to go mm. based on their beliefs, their understanding, their knowledge, and their experience. There are times when an advisor is a thing. A life coach, if they're a certified life coach and they know what they're doing, will never advise you. Interesting. Because what a life coach does is empower you. To be the trailblazer that you can be. And so the way that we do that is we are trained to know how to listen for recurrences, how to listen for specifics in the way that somebody's communicating with you, and how to ask the questions that are going to help you to peel off the coats, the masks, the doubts, the insecurities, the fears that are wrapped around the truth mm-hmm. of what you want so we will not guide you we will help you to peel off all the crap that we're surrounded by right so like when we're growing up we're given all these beliefs experiences in life sometimes good sometimes very hard uh put beliefs on us right and we start to put up these walls of protection and we start to assume that because this thing didn't go well then then all those things are bad right so like if you have a bad relationship right like dating sucks well, if you have like a bad experience investing, then I can't, I'm not going to invest anymore. Like mm-hmm. we tend to go to these drastic extremes in it with the intention of protecting ourselves. But now you have all these preconceived notions in the back of your head that are dictating which way you're going to go. I can't tell you where I'm going to go because I have my own preconceived notions that I'm working on, but I can help you as an objective sounding board and because I'm trained as a life coach to help you discover where your preconceived notions are and where there might be some subconscious programming in the back of your head that's leading you to end up in the same loops, right? Or leading you in directions that no longer serve you. So that's the first most important thing that I want to address in your question yeah. is that a life well, that coach was certified is certified, not advised. And I think that that's really you
1: being a professional in what you do as well, because yeah, maybe that is my perception, but at the same time, I feel like some people maybe aren't picking the right word for what they're trying to do with their clients. Yes. And that's, and that's really ego. And I think
0: there's a lot of ego involved, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just like when I first started getting trained as a coach, there were the first thing I'll never forget this we got, I got trained through the ICF, right? So ICF is the, the International Governing Body of Coaching. And um, the, the ladies that were that were coaching in my class, I did. I took my class at the University of Miami. And uh, one of the first things they said is they were like, oh, how many of you, uh, you want to become coaches because all your friends are always asking you for advice. Half the class was like me. All my friends, they always come to me. I am the problem solver. I am the all knower. And they were like, yeah, none of you should be coaches. And I was like, what the hell did she just say? And I didn't raise my hand because I am an advisor, but like, that's not why I wanted to give coaching. I have received coaching before. So I kind of knew like, wait, this is, I actually was like, this is a fraud. Like, this is not what my coach does. Like, what am I doing here? I just paid all this money for this degree. Mm -hmm. And she immediately was like, that's not what coaching is. So right off the bat, I'm telling you right now, You're not going to give anybody advice on anything. So if that's what you're here to do, go get certified in something else. And I was like, oh, that's what's happening. And there is an ego there, right? And so when you're a coach, in fact, one of the other things that they said in our training is the less, like they encourage you to be what they call a lazy coach, Mm. because the less you talk, the better you're coaching the less you talk, the more you can intuitively listen to the person and then just ask the right question that's going to make them like find a whole nother layer. That's the best kind of coaching. Yeah, I just need to ask you questions to help you discover you.
1: Yeah. And I definitely think that that's what everyone really is searching for is that sounding board and that ear to listen to that is non-biased, not in the front, not as a family member, no. You have nothing like to gain from them. You want to see them successful. Obviously, you want them to pay their bills on time to you. All those things, Very much but well. you truly are just like, hey man, you got to do the work. Like this yeah. is work. Like yeah. I can, you know, talk to you
0: and listen, yeah. but you, it's in the ball's in your court. You empower your client to become the person in charge of their life and their business. I work a lot with entrepreneurs. It's my favorite thing. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of the hardships that we go through. I know a lot of the misconceptions. I know a lot of the mistakes. I know a lot of the those preconceived notions that drive us to the wall. Like entrepreneurship is hard. You're supposed to work 24 hours a day when you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Like all these preconceived notions that were given And so because you think that's the way it's supposed to be, you act as though. Mm. But it doesn't have to
1: be that way. I really You're the boss. Yes. I really loved in your media kit, it had a quote from you saying, um, you realized hustle was not the way to the top and success doesn't come from doing all the things dot dot dot. It was longer. But I was like, Thank you, Gigi really that hustle culture is so toxic can you
0: talk about it's that so a little toxic. bit absolutely that's actually the answer to your other question that's, <laughs> what, that's what led me to yeah that's what led me to coaching so mm-hmm. I'm an immigrant I came from Cuba when I was 10 years old right so my mom had really really high expectations for me she's like we left our country behind you have to be amazing you have to yeah. do all the things you have to do it all right you have to be the best of the best of the best of the best." right pressure so pressure. okay cool you had some pressure Super <laughs> pressure so much pressure which is fine okay so I Opened my first business so I when was, I was dancing since I was four years old, in Cuba since I was a little kid. That's the, the, the thing that I still feel like I do the best, right, is I'm a great dancer. So I knew how to do this before I knew how to speak, like, correctly. Um, and so fast forward, when I'm 15, my mom opens her own newspaper, and she's like, I'm opening a newspaper, this is what I know how to do, you're the only one that knows how to work the computer, so you're going to do the graphic design, your dad's buying a camera, and that's it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is some bullshit. Like, I have to do homework. You want me to get a degree. You want me to get scholarships because we ain't got no money for college. And now you're Mm -hmm. telling me I have to do the graphic design for some newspaper? Are you crazy? Long story short, I fell in love with this newspaper. I eventually started writing for the newspaper. So I would write for parents and for kids who were my age, who were trying to get into college because I had a really, really good high school advisor. And Mm -hmm. so I would write columns for the parents that I would write in Spanish and in English on how to apply for FAFSA, how to apply for your colleges, how to write your essays. Like I would do all these things. So needed. So needed. Yeah. 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 For immigrant parents who didn't really Mm -hmm. know how to guide their kids. Right. Yep. And then uh, eventually I started writing for other magazines and other newspapers that were locally uh, established here in Miami. And then I fell in love with communications and journalism immediately. By the time that I was 17, 18 years old, I was already doing stuff on television. I was getting paid for my writing, all that stuff. When I get out of high school, my mom's like, so you're going to go to college. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's what I'm supposed to do. So I guess I'm going to do that. And she's like, great. You have a scholarship because you did really good in high school. I'm like, yeah, but I still need money. Like I need a car to get to college. I need money for books. Like I got to eat while I'm there. I have to, I need money. She's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'm going to open a dance studio because that's the only thing I know how to do is like, I've been dancing since I was four. I continued dancing here. When I came from Cuba, I was offered scholarships to continue my training and all that other good stuff. And I was like, I'll open a dance studio. So that was my first experience with entrepreneurship. I opened this dance studio. My mom was really helpful in it too. My dad was also involved. It was great. Fast forward, I am still running the business, Right. I'm like in my, how old was I? I think like my mid-20s or something. I was getting my master's. Actually, no. I was about 30. I was getting my master's degree. And I got my master's degree because that's the next best thing you do, right? To be the best of the best of the best of the best. You get all these degrees. And um, I'm doing journalism. I'm working mornings in radio. And I'm working evenings doing sports. And I decided I'm going to go get my master's while I'm running my business. And I would still be picking up like side gigs, like so report on this or do a commercial for that or all these other things. And I was so burnt out. I was sleeping three hours a night, give or take. I was running on like energy drinks and protein bars uh-huh. staying up late to write these papers. <laughs> and so I lost my vision while I was driving one day and I could wow. hear the car zooming past me and I could feel the steering wheel in my hands and I would blink my eyes and I couldn't see. Oh and it was gosh. just being completely depleted and completely exhausted like just my body was at, at work at I was skipping 30, periods at 30 that's yeah. young I was skipping periods I would go like this to my hair and have like a ponytail in my hand I would leave hair in the back of my seat like I'd drive and I'd get up and it was just like hair oh, in the back of like of my feet horrible overworking myself And when I was in the ER, I was like, what is going on? And then when, you know, you, you go to, you do multiple tasks, you do all the things. And it's like, you're just depleted. Your hormones are out of whack because you're eating like crap. You're not paying any attention to your body. You're not skinny. You're not doing anything for yourself. You're just working. Why are you working so hard? Mm. What's the point to this? If I can't enjoy it, if my body can't keep up with me, if I'm not like pausing for family and friends and love, what am I doing any of this for? And so when I paused and I realized that my business and my ambition and my desire to be great was deteriorating the person who I was, I was lost to the definition of success. That's when I was like, something here has got to change. Yeah. This is not, this is not right. Right. So it took me a couple of years to reconnect with myself. I got coaching, I, I, I did a lot of healing, I let go of a lot of preconceived notions, I got into Reiki and energy and meditation and breath work and being able to really um, learn how to control my nervous system better and, and all those things and then when I was able to finally create a custom blueprint for my success on my terms and I was able to see like, oh, so I don't have to work hard, I can work smart. Right. So I can still have fun and make my own schedule and make money. I just have to know what steps to take that are powerful, that are intuitively guided, that are um, going to catapult me to my success, not like zigzag me to get there, right? Take, a, take the zigzag road. That's got time for this. <laughs> um, that's when I was like, now that I know this, now that I have healed from this, I want to help other women entrepreneurs to do the same.
1: Oh. I want
0: to help other women to really step into their power and run their lives and their businesses like the absolute queens that we are, right? You just have to be able to tap into that, tap into that power, heal from the pain, heal from the learned behaviors that no longer serve us. And that's where I discovered what I had done and I packaged it as the 3R system, Mm. which is to reevaluate, restructure and reset. This took me years to figure out, right? And my own zigzagging process of health and healing And then when I finally figured it out, I was like, well, how do I, how do I teach other people to do this for themselves? And that's where the three R system came along. Right. And so before it was named that I went back and after having a coach, it was really a beautiful experience. And I went back to school and I got my certification as a coach at the university of Miami. And then I opened Seizing Happy. And that is the goal now Mm -hmm. to help entrepreneurs to nurture their business and the woman behind the business equally. Because that. we are, we are, it is imperative that we heal ourselves for everything else that we want to do. A lot of the times I have clients that come to me and they say, my marriage is failing. Marriages can't fail because marriages don't make decisions. Marriage is like, it's an, it's a thing, right? It's like yeah. saying my wallet is failing. My wallet's not failing. My wallet doesn't have, it's not, it doesn't have any decision-making skills, right? I'm failing. If my marriage is failing, it means that I am failing in some part of me and that is reflecting in my marriage. Mm. When people say my business is failing, my business is failing. What's your business doing? Yeah. Your business is doing what you tell it to do. That's a real talk, your Gigi. Your business is not that's, failing. That's a self-check. You, yeah, you are failing in some part of your personal life. There's something going on right here that is failing, that is limping, and it is reflecting in your business. Right. Your business is a reflection of you. Your marriage is a reflection of you. Your relationship with your best friend is a reflection of you. Your dog is a reflection of you. Your children, your relationship with your children, it's all a reflection of you. So it all someone, starts here. Yes, it does. It starts with yourself,
1: 120%. But if someone's listening and maybe they didn't have, you know, that moment on the highway where they go blind and it, it's it's very extreme, you know? Is there a way to like, Listen to something like this, see you on Instagram, see me on Instagram, be inspired by someone to like self correct now before you even
0: go into that far gone place. Oh my gosh, yes, please, everybody self correct. Like you got this, you can do this, right? And so, one very, very, very um, powerful way of doing this is when you ask yourself, let's say you're unhappy, right, in some area of your life, whatever it might be, you're unhappy in your relationships, you're unhappy in your business, in your career something ask yourself what recurring instances have I found in this pattern that always lead me to unhappiness there right take accountability for that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of times that I have you know I have clients and friends that are like well I all you know dating sucks because I always these guys are all liars like really though are all men really liars or are you just choosing lying guys? And nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that they're, cho- they're choosing the wrong person because now you have to take accountability for who you're dating. And why are you choosing these people? Why are you choosing men that don't represent you? What part of you needs to be healed so that you attract and accept what you desire? I love that. Right? Yeah. So a lot of people have had issues with like, you know, tough upbringings with, with poor examples of what a dad, you know, the dad was not a good example or wasn't around or had certain behaviors and, or did the best they could, but it still wasn't good enough. It happens. It's okay. You can approach that with love and say, I love you. And I forgive you. You did the best you could. It's not what I needed. Now. Oh, I'm so sorry about my dog. She it's has, okay. she looks out the window and she's, okay. cat. Um. it's okay, mommy. It's okay. Uh-uh. So you have to ask yourself, where's the pattern? In whatever space of your life you're unhappy, you have to ask yourself, where's the pattern? What is recurring here? What thoughts am I having that are not empowering me to break this pattern, right? What, what behaviors am I carrying out that are keeping me from stepping away from this pattern that I don't want. Yeah. And so- now you can make choices that are going to change your your route. They're going to get you out of whatever whatever road you're on and put you somewhere better. Right? So is
1: the question where's the pattern part of the first R reevaluate?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the first R of the 3R system is you want to look at a specific area of your life. So I have this really, really cool tool that I offer for free called the Life Assessment Workbook. And it focuses on what we consider at Seizing Happy to be your four pillars of an abundance and joyful life, right? So it's your mind is the number one pillar. So not, this is in no particular order. These are just, these are all equally important. Your mind is your inner dialogue, the things you think, why you think them, all of your like subconscious programming, all the stuff that's going on up here. Your body, right? Like your health, your well-being, your confidence, your uh, femininity, your sensuality, how you respect and love your body, what you feed yourself, all of the things that have to do with this little bag of bones that hold us in, in, in this space right now, right? Then is your spirit. So what makes you feel connected? What makes you feel supported? Whether it doesn't matter what religion it is, whether it's a connection to yourself and your own intuition, whether it's a connection to God or your definition of God or nature or whatever you feel keeps you in tune to what's greater than us, right? Like nature, love and life its all so much bigger than us, whatever connects you to that. And then the fourth pillar is world. And it's not the world that you see on the news and all the stuff that's going on. It's your immediate world, right? So your home, your office, your friends, your work, the world that you exist in all the time, right? So you would look at your four pillars. You would do this life assessment workbook and you would look through these pillars and find what needs a little bit more TLC right now. Like maybe your mind is kind of like, you're always telling yourself like, you're so stupid you could have done this better i can't believe you made this mistake again or your mind is kind of like you feel like there's something attacking you there it's you but it's there or maybe it's your body like you i could be healthier i could be stronger i wish i was flexible like i used to be right or maybe it's your job like i hate my job and i'm miserable here and i wish i could quit but it's like okay let's look at which area of that now you're going to reevaluate everything about that area
1: Right? Yeah, so can- I like I like that though. You need to reevaluate and you need to pause and give yourself that time because we all act like, you know, we're in the busiest situation ever, all the time, and everyone's urgency turns into our urgency. And that's what I'm like putting boundaries with. It's like, don't send me that email at nine o'clock and think you're gonna get a response from me. You know? Mm-hmm. Or even don't FaceTime me at nine AM. I'm not talking to you right now. I need to do what I need to do today.
0: So yeah, and def- having those boundaries is so necessary for your well-being. Yeah. And it's you that have to impose them. A lot of the times, you know, especially um, people who work in, in corporate, nothing against corporate, but it's oftentimes when you work in corporate, you feel like you have to over-deliver. And like if your boss is awake at six and they send you a text at six, or if you're awake at one and they send an email at one, you feel like you have to reply. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're the one in charge of setting these boundaries, not yes. your boss. It's you. I know you can, you can say one o'clock. I don't have to, I happen to be awake because I'm binging Netflix Mm -hmm. and I happen to look at my phone because I'm expecting that 20% off from my favorite store. I think it's going to come out today, but your email showed up and said, I don't know how to answer that.
1: Yeah. And to speak to the world thing, like your, you know, your, your world around you. I took off like last weekend and I work in real estate as well as girl powerful. But that's like, not when you chill out, right? The weekends, like when you sell houses, but my world around me was chaotic. My room was a disaster. Like I wasn't getting anything done. nothing worked my mind, my body, anything. And I took that time off and I had the most wonderful, like healing past couple of days because my space was clean. And like, everyone says, be organized and be clean. But it's like, if you let it get to that point of, you know, after Christmas, there's still presents piled and like. Luckily I have an abundance of things, which don't even matter, but they are here and I need to put them away and honor them, you know, and then honor myself yeah. at the same time. Cause I live in this world you're talking about and it's hard to see yeah. chaos and expect inside to be so peaceful.
0: Absolutely, because the brain becomes immediately distracted. The brain will pick up all these things. And even though you think you're focusing on your screen, right. your brain can pick up all the mess that's back there and right. all the mess that's back here. And it's thinking is the laundry done? Did I fold the things? Do I have any underwear to wear tomorrow? I don't know if I have stuff. And it's all going on back here where you're trying to focus. You can't focus. Right. So you want to reevaluate relationships what relationships do and don't serve you in this season of your life you want to reevaluate where you're going where you're spending your time you want to reevaluate if you're in business or in real estate like how many of the actions that you're taking are actually serving you and how many of them are just busy work to make you feel oh, like yeah. you're being productive but you're really just doing busy stuff Dude, that's, not
1: that's realtors it's- to a t
0: like and i had to like yeah. get like
1: put up another boundary with instagram and not follow like realtors because they're all full of bullshit. Like, it's like, you're not all working <laughs> all day long and you don't have be clients, like prove it. Let's look at your MLS, like score. I know how many houses you've sold. That's all just to make, yeah. them, I don't know, make yourself feel better or feel like you're in the game. And I get fake it till you make it, but it's, I think it's pretty I don't. toxic. I, I know don't. it's toxic
0: and that's old school. It's old school. Very toxic. It's old school. It's old school. It's part of the hustle mentality. It's toxic. Mm -hmm. I used to practice fake it till you make it. I've said fake it till you make it before. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah, good. Because what happens is you're A, not being authentic. And eventually that comes to Mm light. And you're B, lying to yourself, which is even worse. And setting expectations for yourself out there. You're setting this facade right of like I'm doing all these things I'm a multimillionaire. I'm selling all these houses I'm all these other things but when you come home and you find yourself in the solitude of the reality that the mask of the bullshit that you're feeding everybody else has to come off because now you're alone that mm-hmm. is such a deep uh dive into a disconnection from yourself right because now yourself from out there is different from the self that's in here and that is a really, really, really dangerous place to be, right? Well, yeah, because you're that creating sounds like, a disconnection of reality Well, that that's just, not good. It sounds like a really like fast track
1: to a version of depression or being in a down yes. place because Absolutely. if you're, you know, doing whatever a lot of realtors think is great is to like have a Mercedes in your picture and Louis Vuitton shoes. Like, I'm like, how does that even correlate? Success is a nice car. Like I'm way more like in tune with like reality than thinking that like you leasing a Mercedes is success.
0: <laughs> so here's the thing about success. It's one of the things I coach on very deeply. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I have a ton of realtor that uh, realtor clients that I'm coached in my career mm-hmm. uh, as a coach. And what ends up happening is your definition of success sometimes gets confused by your potential client's definition of success.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're trying to aim for a multi-million dollar client, so you're not trying to sell the townhouse in you know whatever area, you're trying to sell the penthouse going for two point seven or the house on you know uh, I don't know Star Island going for twenty two point nine Star Island, <laughs> you know I don't know yeah. some yeah. some freaking place, yeah. Um, you're trying to sell that, you think that you need to show up a certain way for that client to respect you or for that client to see you or for that client to whatever you. Mm-hmm. So now your definition of success might be, um, I want to have more time for my children. I want to be able to travel on the weekends to you know, take them to the beach or not work on the weekends. Or I want to be able to take five days off or I want to be able to sleep in on the mornings and have a morning with, that might be your definition of success. It may not be attached right. to a dollar. Now you're trying to, to look successful for the people that are out there. And that's where the disconnection happens, right? Because then now you are not going to feel successful because you're being fake, even if you have the things that make you feel happy. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, is there... you're, you're, you're ruining your own happiness. Even if you have the time for your children and you can go out on the weekends, you're yeah. putting so much of your energy and pretending to be this person that drives the bench and wherever it bottoms. That you're taking away from your own happiness already. So just being in authenticity, being true to yourself. And hey, tell that client, tell that multi-million dollar client when you go meet up with them in your Toyota RAV4. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and you go to that $22.7 million house, walk up to your client as a realtor and say, it's such a pleasure to watch, walk through this house with you. And I got to tell you, I am just as excited to get you the best deal for this house. As you are to buy it, because you're going to be my first million dollar sale. And I'm going to make this sale be the best fucking purchase you've ever had in your life. You tell that to your first million dollar client, and they're going to perceive and receive you with more love and with more like, damn, I'm really excited to buy this house too. And then now you're like, we're going to do this together. And that's awesome. But if you go in there fronting and faking and pretending, because like, don't like. Yeah like recognizes like, and if you go in there pretending to be something you're not to somebody who is that, they're going to smell it out right away. And then now it's like, I don't really trust that person. Something about her is like weird. I'd rather just work with somebody else and don't work with the guy that's driving the Toyota that comes up and says, you know, I've never sold one of these before, but I know, I know real estate. Hey, you know know what? I'm going to sell this for you. Yeah, Gigi. Like,
1: so I started during COVID, I, you know, reassessed my life and then decided I needed something more for myself as Teddy, not like a collaboration with my sister or whatever I was doing with Girl Powerful. And so I did real estate and my first client was a pretty heavy hitter broker from LA coming up to Idaho to buy an investment property. And you, no one will ever be mad at you for telling the truth, right? Like that's, and it's so freeing. So I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) you know, but I'll find out. Or I was like, honestly, I'm going to need you to help me like through this. And she was more than willing to teach me and she's my client. But that's what humans do when you're just uh, like that word authentic. I I mean, I love that word. I think there's so many versions of it. And if people can really use this year and like what we've learned the past couple of years to lean into being their authentic self, whatever that looks like. And that's not going to look like mine or yours. And I think that that's kind of a missing part of all these conversations is like, maybe you don't even ever get to these points where you live in a house in Malibu and you live over here. Like, why do our dreams have to be so, so extreme and so big that we are chasing happiness and it never happens.
0: They can be big if it's really your dream. If it's your dream. If if you think that buying a house in Malibu is the definition of success because you think that success equals money because that's what you were raised to believe, then that's not your dream. Mm -hmm. And you will buy that house in Malibu and you will feel empty and miserable in it because it's not your dream. It's tapping into ourselves. Again, just connect with yourself, connect with your body and ask yourself, what do I want? Mm -hmm. What do I really, really, really want and desire to have peace and love and abundance and joy and and happiness? And for some people, that might be backpacking through Europe. And for some people, that might be a house in Malibu. And for some people, that might be living rented in a little apartment because they don't have to do any of the things around the house because they're (laughs) not handy at all. But they own 13 different properties and they're super abundant and they have a shit ton of money. And their idea of abundance is paying for all of their nieces and nephews' college degrees. So they don't have any college debt.
1: Yeah. Or
0: their definition of abundance is to retire their parents early. What's your definition? Of success, what's your definition? And then when you do that, that's part of the first R is reevaluating all the definitions, all the beliefs. It's where all of the mindset work really comes in when we do this one on one. How to really discover what's holding you back, how to really discover what's keeping you in loops and repetitive. Like, I feel when people are like, I feel so stuck. Okay, figure out what you're doing to stay stuck. It's not life. It's not people. It's not other things. It's not circumstances. It's decisions that we're making that sometimes we do with them. We make these decisions subconsciously and we, so we don't know why we're stuck. And that's why you need that sounding board. But once you discover all those things, you go into the second R which is restructure. Now that you know what is and isn't serving you, you restructure your life. You talk what doesn't work. You do more of what does work. And you leave space to discover what else needs to be in your life because you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of the time, we fill our lives with things and people and places and to-dos and crap just to feel productive. But most of it doesn't serve us. 90% of what we do sometimes is just trash, right? And so you toss what doesn't serve you. You do a little more of what does serve you, what does empower you, what does make you happy, what does push you forward. And you leave for a little while, just leave empty space to see what comes to you that is good, right? And then once you have created the restructure, now you want to hit the reset button. In the reset button, you're going to create sustainable systems customized to your needs that are going to help you maintain the structure that you just created for yourself. Yeah. That restructuring that you did, now you have to create sustainable systems that are customized for you. Because what I need as a single, single, I'm engaged, but like I'm not married yet, I don't have any kids all I have is this thing occasionally barks at a cat like <laughs> what I need to hit reset in my life is very different than a single mom of two or than a married mom of two that has no help and is low budget low income or right. a married mom of two that has two nannies
1: yeah it's tr- it goes back to the beginning is like not comparing right collaborating compare not
0: comparing yeah I cannot compare so creating that customized blueprint for success with less stress is what we do at Seizing Happy. And one of the many mechanisms that we use is the 3R system. And you can do it on your own. Anybody can do it on their own. Um, but having a sounding board is always going to catapult you
1: to success quicker. I think I think so. But I meant to say I know so. Because like you, I did my a yeah. lot of my own self-healing through workshops and mentors and lots of crying in Maui on retreats and all that stuff, you know, but lucky me, I got to do that. I got to heal and leave some of my yeah. trauma behind. And it's time for everyone to kind of reassess, like you're saying, and and take baby, baby steps forward because we all deserve yeah. that. And it's like, I want to see everyone successful. Like you were saying at the beginning, I want to see everyone do well. Like, I don't yeah. want to see anyone struggling or hurting or wishing on upon wishing upon a star and not like making action no you have to take action today was wonderful you helped me reset in my head I'm gonna go on a walk and then get in a jacuzzi and just reflect yes. more. Yes. and but I wanted to end this with what we ask all women that have been on the girl powerful podcast is what makes
0: you feel most alive what makes me feel most alive um Laughter, Mm. laughing or making others laugh because I feel like that's what we're here to do in life is to be joyful. We're here to enjoy ourselves. We're here to feel joy and to give joy. And while I am very aware because I have lived through um, the fact that life sometimes throws really dark, ugly curveballs our way we're not meant to stay in those moments. We're not meant to stay in the darkness. It's why I named my company what I named it. It's why the logo looks the way it looks. The logo to Seizing Happy is a broken circle, right? Um, and the name is Seizing Happy. It's not toxic happiness, it's to be in a state of seizing your happiness, right? And that circle's gonna break. You're going to have really, really heavy happiness sometimes, and other times you're going to lose that happiness. It could be through a loss of a career, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a relationship. It could be so many things. There are so many things that could take our happiness away. But you have the power to choose whether you want to stay in that dark moment, or if you want to choose to say, I'm going to ask for help, or I'm going to get out of this. If I can do it by myself, I'm going to do it by myself. And be in a state of seizing happy. So that laughter and joy, I think, is what makes me feel most alive all the time. Like I have this. It is going it through is my. Lungs. I am it alive. It's so good. <laughs> Laughing
1: is the best medicine. We've yeah. all heard that, but it's true. So yeah, yeah, while you're seizing your happiness, find that joy along the way. Thank you so much, Gigi. I really appreciate your time today and all these beautiful tips. Um, hopefully, we can talk again.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love having these conversations and uh, being able to take some time from my day to spend with you and your audience and to be able to pour a little bit of love into you and your audience. is my favorite thing to do. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.